0: Right. Hello ladies and gents and welcome to the next Q&A in the Fulham Focus series. My name is Danny Boyer, and it is an absolute honour to introduce not just any old ex-player or manager but a true great who has served Fulham Football Club in several roles over the years defining the meaning of the term club man in the modern era. I am of course talking about the one, the only Kit Simons. Kit, thanks for doing this, I really appreciate it. How are you? You alright mate?
1: Yeah, really good, really good.
0: We'll treat that introduction, all right?
1: Yeah, excellent. I'm blushing.
0: I'm blushing. Well, I've honestly, I I could talk for England, but we've we've got um, we've got to crack straight on with this because there's so much to ask ya. So, um, is that right with you? Yeah. Yeah, fine.
1: Absolutely.
0: Carry on, mate. Oh, wicked. Right. So the first question: How did you get your first opportunity in football, and was you always a centre half?
1: First sort of opportunity was, I mean, I as a kid, what I first started playing, I, I knocked around with when I was about seven. I knocked around with a group of lads that were that were sort of two, three years older than me. So I sort of started playing for the, the under-10s for my local team back in Basingstoke. When um, I shouldn't have really been playing, you weren't meant to start playing, until so you were like under-10. Um, I played as mm. I like sort of seven-year-old playing up with me mates, really. Um, yeah, so sort I've of always played centre-half, even though I was little, because I got chucked back there because no-one else wanted to play there. Uh, but Bobby Gould, I, I played sort of centre midfield for my school team, because I was like obviously one of the best players in school, sort of thing. So I played centre midfield for my school team. And then Bobby Gould did play me there once for Wales. He said, Um you ever played centre midfield? I said, yeah, once at school. He said, I thought so. So he started being centre midfield against Italy. Um, it lasted about 30 seconds, Del Piero scored, I think. And then um, I had to go centre-half after that, but...
0: Yeah. Who, who was you up against in in midfield? Um, oh,
1: I can't remember He was playing midfield actually. Like I, said, I was only there about thirty seconds, So they scored the first goal. <laughs> and then he moved me back to centre back. It was I think it was Revenelli and Rola. People like that were playing up up top. Um, but they had a really good side out, and yeah, I mean they were a great side, obviously fantastic team.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, not asking for much, was he? No, exactly. <laughs> right. Um, so so you started off at Portsmouth. Yeah. Um, did you first of all? Did you have any role models in the game as a kid? And then uh, did you have any role models like coming through the ranks at Portsmouth, who in the first team? Um, yeah, so sort of as a kid growing
1: up, I was an Arsenal fan, so born up in so it's like London overflow now. So um, it's a lot of the London clubs. There's a little bit of a um, little bit of Portsmouth happening going on, but mostly it's like I say, it's London teams, and all my mates are Arsenal fans, so I just sort of followed along with them. From Really early age, so probably is that that sort of '79 Cup-winning team for Arsenal. So, you, like I, was, I was always interested. Really, other than my my little cameo against Italy. Um, so, David O'Leary, people that like, were my heroes. Really growing up, um, not so much Willie Young to be honest, but, but David O'Leary certainly. I I thought sort of, he, he was the one I I despised to be like as a, as I sort of grew up. So, uh, yeah, from an early age, he was he was probably my footballing hero.
0: What about, what about in Portsmouth? Like all that Yeah, well in Portsmouth, yeah, so I first
1: I, I first got into the team and it was I mean it an unbelievable Portsmouth team, real tough group of boys. So it was like Billy Gilbert and Noel Blake with a centre arms really in that team and they had a really, really strong side so like Mickey Quinn, Vince Lair, uh, Mickey Kennedy, Mickey Tate, Kenny Swain, and a night and in Um, Paul Mariner came in then up, up top as well. So they had a really and Noel Blake who I'm on both powers with both of them now. Um, I see every now and then. They they were sort of like I, I looked up to them. And also then there was a young uh young pro coming through who's playing first against Timothy Paul who um who obviously ended up coming to Fulham for a little bit. Um I know really well and he's you know obviously now christened myself up at Sunderland Ball he's very much a, a Sunderland legend. So it's funny how you you, you sort of can't shake people off. Do you know what I mean? So um <laughs>
0: Yeah, definitely, yeah um, Right, I'm going to ask you a few questions About playing for Wales now Yep um, There's a few parts to this question actually So, obviously you're English born um, but, but I'm guessing it's a family connection with Wales Is that alright? Yeah so, yeah, so mum and dad are both from
1: Cardiff My brother is Cardiff. Um My mum was one of 7 They're all so everyone, I was literally the only one in my family born in England. So all my uncles, as I was growing up, he caught me git and all this sort of thing. And then I started playing for Wales. I suddenly became favourite nephew because they all wanted tickets.
0: <laughs>
1: but that that was that's the connection I say it's, it's obviously a very strong Welsh connection. You know, by my dad and by all my grandparents and stuff. Well, I wanted to say that one of my granddads was actually Irish, but he, he lived in in Cardiff for a long, long time, married in Anna.
0: Um, well, I was, oh, that, that was actually One of the questions I was going to ask you Was there any other countries You was eligible for So I'm, I'm guessing Even though you got Irish in your blood Like it, If it weren't England It had to be Wales Yeah well, no, 100% it was, No it was always Going to be Wales
1: I mean like My nano, I, I was really close With like, I was close with both But one especially She would have killed me If I had to play for England Remember when When I was sort of Growing up they it was Lillishaw was the you know the England school of excellence type thing, and so I've got trials for that. And she battered me. She's like, "You're not going there." And all this is my this is my man. When I was like 14, um, so it, you know, his Wales. Like, I thought I you it was in, It was like a Welsh household, and um, you know, so that was my dream to always play for Wales. And I was lucky enough. I was even with this strong Welsh accent. I was I was lucky enough to do it, and, and um, loved every minute of it.
0: All right. So you consider yourself Welsh,
1: then? Yeah, absolutely. Like I say, not the strongest of accents,
0: granted. But you know, inside I certainly feel Welsh. I've always, i always felt that. Yeah, no. That's, I, my, my name's Italian, so I. Although I consider myself English, like I, I definitely see where you're coming from. I definitely feel Italian as well. Um, Right How did you get the opportunity To play for Wales Was it something that you pursued Or Did they Did they cotton on to the fact That you had all that Welsh in you, And, and did I've done, they contact you I done yeah
1: So my, my first My first experience Was, like, was the under 17s For Wales uh, Playing the same team as Cookie So I got, I got called up I was a year, playing a year above myself So I was like First year YTS at Portsmouth So I was like Under 16 um, At the time I played a year up um, and the under-70s, there's a team, of Chris Coleman was in there, obviously uh, Gary Speed, players like that. So he's went along and, and played against Northern Ireland in Newtown for Wales. So that was my first experience. Obviously, from then on, I went got into the under-21s and, uh, and progressed to the full squad. So it was, um, yeah, it was, I'll say it was always something I'd dreamt about doing. I always wanted to play for Wales. And a big part of it was to make my Nana proud, you know, who I was really close to. and I was lucky enough to be able to do that.
0: Yeah, nice, yeah. Did you have a favourite match for them? And a favourite goal? Well, you scored two, so. Um, yeah, well, I, th- I
1: think what my debut was, um, was Republic of Ireland, and we, um, we played at the RDS, which is the Royal Dublin showground, because Lansdowne Road was being, being redone or doing some work on it, so we played at the RDS. And it's is bizarre because it's my first involvement in four, you know, first team international football so I was like I was buzzing with it you get a letter through the post saying you've got to go for a tetanus jab because of all the horse shit on the pitch so you're like wow this, this is international football you know what I mean so <laughs> incredible but um, you know, that was my day It was a real special day and Ireland were on this really long unbeaten home run and Wales went and beat we went and won 1-0 um, and Mark Pembridge scored the goal for us and it was so that that was a, a special special time. Um, I think mean the two yeah the two, I only scored a couple of goals for Wales. One was against Germany against Oliver Kahn. It was wasn't the greatest of edders, but it went in. Um, and the other one was in a 3-2 win. We beat Belarus at million Park and uh, I scored the winner. Um, I also set Cookie up for his goal. Just want to get that in. Um, so it was a, that was a good night as well. You know, score scored a winning goal and then. Uh, the
0: score against Oliver Kahn, although we lost the game, is obviously something a bit special too. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, I bet. I, 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 if I ever do this with Cookie, obviously you'll put in a good word, I'll, I'll remind him about that assist.
1: <laughs> exactly, yeah, please
0: do. Yeah, yeah, Now that that would be the main question, don't I? <laughs> he, he touched my one as well. He forgets the one
1: I set up for
0: him, but he reckons he touched my one before he went in. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, of course he would. That, that, that typical manager, eh? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Right uh, Last question Before we move on To Fulham. Fulham did, did you ever Come up against England And, and did you sing Both national anthems <laughs>
1: um, Played England With the 21's Actually We um, We drew 0-0 at Tranmere, And they had like a, England had a great Side out They had um, David James In goal I think Manaman Shearer played uh, John Eblen Back then Was the captain I remember they had a really strong side, very, very good team out. And um, to be fair, they sort of battered us a little bit. We yeah. Tony Roberts in goal, um, and he saved everything. He had an incredible game. Um, we got a little bit of a run around, but we, we really dug in and uh, fought for a nil-nil draw. So, uh, again, Cookie played to me in that one, and, and I think Speed played as well. We had, you know, again, we had the same sort of boys and a, a real good side, and a good... Good
0: work, I think we certainly run our stocks off, but uh, we did get a bit of a run around. But we we managed to get a draw. Um, but no, I just I just sang the Welsh next Ah, did you really? Uh oh, boo! <laughs> all right. Uh, well, moving on to Fulham because there is a lot to discuss. Uh, first of all, how did the move come about? Like, who contacted you, and and what, and what appealed to you about Fulham at the time? Because let's be honest, it was it was a drop down. To play for Fulham at the time,
1: oh, it was though. It was, so I was at Man City at the time, and um, but I was, I was I was all set to leave. I was leaving Man City, and um, I got a phone call from from Cookie. So Chris Coleman phones me up. He's like, "Big Man, how are you doing? Am my here good?" And I was all set to sign for Sheffield United. I got to Sheffield United two days earlier. I met with the chairman. Um, they offered me a contract, and they were obviously a league higher than for the, they were in the Championship. Um, so that was sort of pretty much a done deal really. I hadn't actually agreed to it but I was going to go away and think about it and it was in my mind, I was living a man so I could have just driven over the over the tops night and got into Sheffield no problem. So it was in my head it was sort of like a done deal. And that boom, cooking phone up. This big man ain't doing, I went, I'll see you at Fulham, I said, Yeah, I've seen that. They said we got we got this project, this five year plan, outfire, it's got this five year plan for the head the chairman and uh, it's really going places I've been with Kevin Keegan Now he's asked me to phone you uh, he said you've got to get yourself down here I'm like yeah alright he said it's like, well, I'll put, put you on to Kevin he then puts, puts Kevin Keegan on the phone and he's like get yourself down here once you come down here you won't regret it I guarantee you'll end up signing for us and he re- and he sold me this, this five year dream five year plan to be in the Premier League um, and quite often you know Things like that is, you know, pie in the sky, and you don't believe it too much. But for some reason, and rightly so, I believe Cookie, I believe Keegan, and I went straight down there the next day. Uh, Neil Rodford was the CEO, then I met him, who was excellent. And although, you know, the facilities weren't great, they just sold me this dream, and it was really plausible, and I bought into it straight away, and I believed them. And, you know, I mean, the only problem believe in them they, it was a five year plan or whatever and we did it in three years you know so they were certainly true to their word. but I just got a, like I say it was, it was a league higher Sheffield United and offered me more money um, but I just came out of foot and just got a real feel for it and probably the best thing I ever did to be honest
0: yeah well I'm glad you came yeah, well um, I mean when you first signed like Obviously it was a bit hostile The way Wilkins had left And, and Keegan took over And we We lost the playoffs um, Was it Was there a bit of a hangover or, or was Was it You know A fresh start Was it quite good in preseason? season
1: Well I, I mean I came a little bit late In pre-season So I literally I came down uh, I think it was on a Thursday And signed And then on a Friday We flew out to Hamburg Um so that was, my, that was my introduction to Fulham, we flew straight to Hamburg, King Keegan, I been like a, a legendary player. Uh, we went out there and played Hamburg at their training ground, which was, I was straight into it, it was the most unbelievable trip, because we ended up in our tracksuits in the River bar later that night, and it was, we beat Hamburg in the game, and then had a, had a, you took a night out, and it was like, that was my mm. introduction to, to Fulham, and I sort of never looked back really.
0: Did you ever sing a song?
1: Do you know what, back then I don't think I did. I mean that obviously that goes on all the time now and uh, I've had to do it myself getting even going back into the Welsh setup as a, as a system but uh, I don't I don't remember. I don't remember I probably I just know I always end up sitting on a night out, but not, I don't think on a on an actual as an induction type thing, I can't remember doing it. But if I might have done, I not I can't remember doing it.
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Um, do, you, do, you have, do you have one of the, uh, the Typical Welsh Beautiful voices Or is it or did, Is that your English side Of
1: course yeah, No I'm a shocking singer But I like I'm loud I'll, I'll say that But I'm not Not necessarily in tune
0: We could do with you In the terraces To be honest on, on the, In the stands like Yeah
1: exactly Exactly
0: Yeah a Bit quiet at the minute Right uh, What was Keegan like As a manager then Obviously said, like, he said was, He was very convincing To get you to the club Was he Was he, was he like that All the time
1: for me, he was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, he was, he was really, really top class. I mean, uh, he gave, let's say, straight away, he, he, you know, brought me in, gave me a lot of confidence. Um, obviously, played me every time. Played me every. I played the first season. I was never present. Actually, uh, made I think I might have missed one game. I got suspended, maybe one game I think. Um, But he was. I mean, my, my my best story with Keegan. I was I was on a little roll. That first season I would getting fun of was, it was probably my best season ever playing football, most enjoyable Uh, and ended up scoring 11 goals. So I was on a little goal scoring run and we're training one day and it's like three teams and my team's on the outside and I think I've scored like seven goals or something at this stage and uh, Keegan's walking around the pitch. He's walking behind me and he's he's saying, are you playing well son? you Are playing well? I'm like, yeah, cheers Gaffer." And he keeps walking and he says, are you having a bit of a purple patch? I'm like, yeah, I suppose I am. And he, he then walks behind me He said, I had a purple patch once. I went, really? He said, yeah, it lasted 15 years. And he just kept walking. I was like, it killed me. You know, I'm thinking I'm all the bee's knees and full of myself, so i scored seven goals. Basically, he was saying, listen, you haven't done anything yet. You know, he have been European footballer the year, twice, and this, that, and the other. So I thought, for me, that was brilliant man management. He's like saying, you're doing well, son, but keep your feet on the ground. You haven't done anything yet. And that's how I took it, and I thought that was brilliant. And that summed him up. That's what he was like with,
0: with, with me and Cookie and Simon Morgan and people like that. He was, he was brilliant, I've got to say. Uh, turns out I've, I've done a few of these now and, and that is what everybody says. Neil Smith, uh, Paul Moody, they, they all said the same thing. Um, great great motivator.
1: Well, he did brilliant at as well. Like we, we used to train the Bank of England that first season and... Um, We'd all have, have our lunch and that, and then you had to walk through the bar to, to go out. So we'd always, we'd always sit in the bar and order a pot of tea and some muffins, whatever. And there'd be four or five of us, always me and Cookie and Morgs, normally Smudge and Neil Smith, and, and guys like that. We'd always sit there and have a cup of, cup of tea and a chat. And Keegan would always walk past and be like, oh, there you go, engine room, run into the club again. Which also, he encouraged yeah, that. Cookie obviously was tactful, he encouraged him to like run the changing room. So we go, yeah, Jesse, you know how it is, and he'd walk on. And after a while he'd started coming over, he'd like, you know, who's getting the teas in then? we go, you are, he'd go, oh, bloody all right. So he'd go get the teas, And he'd sit down and he'd talk to us, and he'd ask us about what you think about training, what you think about this. And every now and then, we would see something that we'd spoken about with him, he'd implement that maybe into the training or the way we did things. And you're like, that's really, so he sort of like empowered us, if you like. and. That's like for me really good, like man management or good management. To, to t- not everything we said, you know, we'd, we'd say, "Oh, careful, we're knackered. we need five days off," type thing. To you know, as, as we would do as players. But certain things he took on board, and then he would actually put it in place and implement it. And I thought that's really, that's really good. It gives us a great feeling that we are being listened to by the manager. And at times he, he would take things on board and actually act act upon it. So he was in that respect. I thought he was excellent.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, you touched on the, the goals, tally, because that was actually the next question, so that was, that was, that was perfect timing, actually. I um, suppose the only thing left to ask is, why do you think you scored so many in that particular team? Uh,
1: to be fair, the guy with Kevin, Kevin was brilliant, I'd say, but Frank Sibley that season, who's um, a coach, was, was excellent. So pretty much every day he would take we normally play the back three of those, is like me Cookie and Moore that first season. He'd take us off and we'd do a little bit of defensive heading, and then we'd do some attacking, like attacking corners. and to so Steve the um, would normally take them, who had fantastic delivery. And basically, it was really simple and basic, but I started in the middle of the penalty box, I just used to spin around the back. And Steve A would have put it on a sixpence for me every single time. Now, if I did that run, I, I pretty much knew I'd get my head to it first and just head it back across goals. So I scored eleven that year. I think Cookie got seven or something, and Mole's got six. So from three centre arms, that's a you know, fantastic goal telly to be getting that many goals. And it's because Frank Frank made us work on it pretty much every well, every other day or whatever, but loads and loads of time, repetition after repetition. I'd say Stevie A was put it exactly where he knew I wanted it to be. You know, for my run, Morgz and Cookie knew exactly where to come in and I'd have it back across goal for them So it was very basic, but very, very effective. And, um, and so that's why, you know, we, we did a lot of work on it, similar as that. And, um, and Frank made us, and he, he was excellent
0: as well, I've got to say. Yeah, I, I wish the the current team knew how to take a corner and, and a set-piece and, and score headers. Honestly, find Steve Jaden. Do I? I don't. I, I really don't know what it is. I mean, it, they they just can't beat the first man. It's like it's like the ball's too heavy for him to get off the ground. Yeah, I think it's the most frustrating thing in football when they're out here, the
1: corner corner hits the first man, he gets cleared, they they break up the defence,
0: then after all that, but there we go. I, I, I don't know why the, the crowd still cheer when we get a corner. I really don't. I'd rather have a throw on. It's more it's more chance of it getting into the box. Anyway, right. Um I'm going to compare the the promotions after we've touched on the, the, the obviously, the Tagana one. But uh, I want to move on now to to Bracewell taking over. Um, how did you get on with him? Because, I've, obviously, I've done a few of these, like I said. A lot of people say it, they lost a bit of respect for him, the way he handled being a manager, the way he treated his teammates. How did you get to find him? It's difficult.
1: I, I got on all right with Brace. Um, but it's a difficult job. I mean, I've experienced it myself. I've, I've done this at, at Palace when I was I was a player, and suddenly you get thrown in. You know, same as Brace, really you play a caretaker manager or player manager, it's it's a really really difficult job. I mean, it's is playing's hard enough, and managing's hard enough. But when you are asked to sort of do, combine the two, or go from one straight to another, it is really difficult job. So yeah, I can see how. how People during that time might have lost a bit of respect but especially now that I've experienced it myself and had to you know basically had to, I had to manage my own teammates uh, when I was at Palace and it is really really difficult and it's you know you feel like you've got to change um, but really you can't change if you change people see through you and know that you're putting it on or this is not the real you so it is a really really difficult thing to do and not many people have done it successfully I've got to say um, and so for me it's probably no great shock now looking back with hindsight that, that that wasn't a successful time for the football club particularly um, and it was a real a fantastic job for Brakes to get as his first job you know, managing Fulham just on the back of a promotion to the championship but a really difficult one I think for him to be a success in if I'm honest well, it, it,
0: it, a bit of a strange appointment because Sacking Mickey Adams after being a player manager and getting us promoted to bring in a big name like, you know, Ray Wilkins and Keegan, and then to go from that to Bracewell, it just, it seemed a bit out of character for our fired. so I, I, I'm not surprised it didn't work. Well, it, was a
1: bit, it was a bit strange. I mean, obviously, you know, the way Kevin went, like, just before the last game of the season, uh, to take the England job. And I don't, I don't know, I don't think they saw it coming, really, so... I don't know. I think, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but they all, that was the power to be at that time, thought it was the right thing to do. Because sometimes you get them right, sometimes you don't, you know. So it was a great opportunity for Brace, and I'm sure even now he would say he's, he's glad he took it. Um, but, it, you know, with hindsight now, it probably wasn't the right thing to do.
0: Yeah, have you, have you ever come across a spell Like we had that, that um, sort of Christmas time Where we, we drew like nil-nil I think it was four or five games in a row It's ridiculous Have you ever come across that before? Do you remember it?
1: Uh, listen, I've, I've had all sorts of spells I've had good ones and bad ones And different ones And that goes with, goes with football Yeah, you, at some stage I think if you're in the game long enough
0: you can experience pretty much everything But to draw nil-nil Four or five games in a row
1: I know, know. but that's that's how we were sort of set up a little bit, you know, we were, it was a little bit sort of dour football, you know, and um, like I say, yeah, the the fans didn't take to it, which which in some ways, that was sort of my downfall, part of it led to my downfall when I became manager, because I thought Fulham fans don't like dour football, now I knew we didn't have the defenders, so we actually go out and attack, and you know I got sacked with me like leading goalscorers. But so I thought that's what the Fulham fans wanted. But I think I misjudged it a bit. I'm thinking the Fulham fans from when I was playing, which was obviously quite 13, 14 years before, and with uh, like a newer generation, I think it probably changed what was what was expected and needed, maybe a little bit. But that was maybe a little bit naivety on my
0: part. Well, well, we'll touch on that at the end. Like I'm trying to trying to work it gradually, like over the years build up to that but um because there are there are a couple of decisions that you did make that I, I would just not 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 criticize you not at all but um because I thought you overall you did a really good job as manager really I thought you um you you uh was the right man at the right time but um I just would like to know your you're thinking about a few things but we will we'll get to that uh quick couple of um a few quick fire questions for you Right. Um who, so uh I d I suppose it's a waste of time asking this now. Your closest mate in the team, obviously Coleman. Uh, yeah, could yeah, be Chris. I mean we have been mates mates for last thirty years now, and I've offered him up at Stunden on him now, I still can't shake him
1: off, so I've been him without a doubt,
0: yeah. Well I did think that when you said uh about, was it Bobby Gold at the beginning, you can't shake him off and I was thinking I bet Cookie's thinking the same thing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> But other, other than him Was there anyone else Who was quite close to At
1: Fulham um, In that Fulham team Yeah I mean I've got I'm just, I still get on Really well with Morgs See quite a lot of Morgs um, I've got my older boys We were such a close Before that Team of lads Especially that first season Um bit like Jeff Horstall Pax I still speak to Every now and then uh, Buncher they're all, they're all Just brilliant lads Real and then The Andy Marble Came later on Our big mates With Lee Clark so it's loads from that from that little era, sort of thing. that three and a half year spell that I was at for them as a player. Um, I had so many sort of good mates, was was a top lad. There's loads of them. I still keep in touch with Kevin Betsy. Texted me the other day. You know, all these all these boys still keeping. It. it was a real special time, I think, in uh, in for, well, for me, but I think also in in sort of Fulham's history. You know that. Those three years, sort of promotion under well, obviously going back to the you before that. Mickey Adams was a very important time. That was a massive promotion, I think. Uh, but that was before my time. But those
0: those three years I were there, I was there was were brilliant, brilliant times for the football club. Yeah, of course I were. Now, again, once we've once we've talking, spoken about Tigano, I'm going to compare the promotions and, and and maybe tell you about a, a, a little stat that maybe you weren't aware of. But we'll, I'll I'll get to that. Uh, Roommates, Coleman again?
1: Yeah, yeah, but again, can't shake him off. It's, yeah. so I've got to look after him and he leaves things and forgets things. I'm always tying up after him and, and bringing all the stuff that he forgets and leaves. So, yeah, always, always.
0: Okay, What about um, Biggest Joker?
1: <laughs> Probably him again.
0: <laughs> You're joking, it yeah Is it turning into the Coleman show? Yeah, I know,
1: I know. No, uh, he was, was like as captain. He's like, uh, he even, you know, captain of Fulham at the time. Then he's like, large and light, big, and he put all the legs together. Steve Rowe was saying that Steve Rowe had the loudest laugh. But it was the most annoying, frustrating laugh of in his life. But he'd bellow it out. He'd laugh at anything. But, um, yeah, Cookie was always the sort of like center of attention and um, in the middle of everything, all the shenanigans going on. He was normally behind it.
0: Biggest moaner?
1: Oh, Maws. Absolutely. Maws are out doubt. I call him rubbish. Because every morning I walk in, out you, Maws? Rubbish. So I call him rubbish now. alright, rubbish. That's his name now. But he is the most miserable, moaning person ever. Closely followed, saying that by Pesh. Under, um, under Brace, Pesh was never playing. So the team sheet would go up the day before the game on the wall, Pesh would and he wasn't in the team one day, he's down to start as centre forward and he starts moaning about that. How's he picking me? What's he putting me in the team for? Pets yeah. like, you moan when you're not in the team. Yeah. moaning when he is in the team. So, but more, more, by a country mile biggest moaner. Easily.
0: What about best player? Best player? At my farm
1: at Fulham, uh, the best person I've seen over the course of the whole season in my whole life was Louis Saha. Yeah. That season, that season we won the championship under Tugana he was unplayable. Like, you know, left foot, right foot over the top back to goal in the air he literally had the whole lot. He was, he was amazing.
0: Yeah, it's, it's the best individual performance over a whole season I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, So same with me. Exactly the same with me. And obviously I've been I've you
0: know, lost different clubs And seen lots of different players But he, he was past season He was absolutely phenomenal Yeah I, I definitely agree with that And I, to be honest, I, I, I half expected you To say Coleman Over the, the way this was going But um, yeah, He was hopeless <laughs> I had a feeling It would be um, so hard To be fair Cookie, um
1: cookie's brilliant as well But do that high. That,
0: that's been his model Well you've seen Both of these players In training who would win a race? Barmort A eh, or Fredericks?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, I would say Fredericks. I think I think Ryan Burrow, Burrow was like he like, was really quick, but uh, Ryan Fredericks is uh, he's something else, yeah. He's um he's literally got pace the bird he's roadrunner. So he's I'd say although Boer was like him, but uh, I'd say I'd say Fredericks. Okay,
0: so, yeah, I, to to be fair, I, I never thought I'd see anyone faster than Barmore. But um, uh, no. Fre- Fredericks is just off the scale. I've never seen anything like it. it to ensure he's a little bit frustrating because he, he doesn't doesn't use it often enough. When he gets going, it, it's impossible to stop him. I I reckon he's the fastest player in the country. I really do. He's well. He's got to be close. I can't
1: think of too many too many I think uh, quicker than him. Certainly. So yeah, he's got he's got to be up there. He's he's, he's his pace is electric,
0: absolutely. Yeah, it was a good signing by you. Yeah,
1: and Tom Kenny. I made
0: a few. <laughs> Pat on the back.
1: With, with limited money, you did
0: alright. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so let's move on to Tagana taking over now. Um, did he examine your, your teeth? <laughs> um, yeah, listen, he did, did a lot of things,
1: Tagana, yeah, so he, he completely changed. For us, who, who uh, you know, sort of old-school footballers, if you like. He completely changed our, our way of thinking with everything, training, diet, teeth, everything. It was, uh, it was a huge turnaround. And a lot of us were, were sort of established older players, if you like, but we all bought into it. All bought into it, like the body facts, the training ways in the, the diet and stuff like that, and nutrition. Um it was a big change for all of us, but like I say it's people like you know myself, Cookie, uh, Rufus, sort of like Morgs, the like older players, but we all bought into it and, and give it a right good go, which which is partly why it was such a such a
0: successful team. He was very lucky though. I mean, to to, to take over a group, a core group of players that, that um, Keegan assembled was was quite fortunate, really. He worked like he took over a mess, was it? No,
1: no. I mean, also say say about Brace. Brace brought in people like Lee Clark, who was phenomenal in that team. Yeah. Um, I mean Mel came in under Brace as well. Played a lot of football then. So you know, a lot of Brace wasn't won't be sort of there as a big success as a manager. He, he, you know, some of these players he brought in last like, so week certainly certainly Lee Clark and Mel. Uh, I can't think of last time under Brace, but they but they made a huge impact in that Gigana side. I mean. Clarky, especially was in the, the that midfield formation was was really important and it suited him down to the ground, you know, we were alongside John Collins, Sean Davis, players like that. And um we did we had this and we had some brilliant players, you know, you gotta say he was blessed with but then he brought in Louis Saha, uh Boa. Was, so you know, he he brought in a lot of good players as well they, we just all gelled and he really got on well and we all gelled and it was I mean that that theme was
0: when I wasn't playing in the team it was a joy to watch and when I was playing it was it's just incredible to play in. Yeah, yeah, I bet. It was incredible to watch as a fan as well. If, what, what, who was, what was uh, more enjoyable training under Keegan or Tugana? Um,
1: probably for, for pure enjoyment I'd say Keegan. I, I'd say that, that was the best year of my life playing football best season of my life um, the whole the whole thing everything the whole experience from from top to bottom of, of being at the football club at that time I mean even to the state, we you know off the games out our fire would bring Michael Jackson in top the and then tony Curtis and it was all sorts going on it was just an absolute roller coaster of a ride, but then the training was great we had we, were, we used to have a laughing training, don't get me wrong, but we were really competitive as well and it was you know, I remember Kevin Betsy turned up and from Woking, and we used to kick lumps because he was double busy in training Betsy as a young kid coming in and so me cooking more kicked lumps out of him in training we we thought we're not gonna get shown up in training, you know, and we, we took it seriously and it was it was that was the best time. But then to kinda change things around completely, like I said, the way we trained, the science behind it. Um was, was something we hadn't experienced before you know that was new to all of us and I'll say be fair to that group of lads. as older players sometimes there could be a resistance to change. but everyone embraced change at the, at the football club at that time and it ultimately it made us very successful
0: Descri- right, Describe the feeling up at Blackburn Sean, Sean scores the winner and stuff his time
1: <laughs> Yeah well that was I mean that was an incredible game obviously build up to it and sooner saying or oh, i know Fulham are top but we're the best team, the team. Mm. all the build up to the game uh rufus getting sent off early doors and so we were sort of like real backs against the wall type stuff um and so yeah so so surely scored that that goal i mean that's the only time you ever see any emotion to go and running down the touchline that summed it up that's what it meant to everyone and effectively that was the game that won us the league. You know, that, that beating them at Ewood was the game that won us the league, really. So, it was an absolute incredible night and a great feeling. And, um, yeah, that, that, say that was the one that did it for us.
0: Is, I think it goes down as one of the most iconic goals now. And, and it is, I think, obviously, it isn't the most important goal for them have ever scored. Because I think we would have got promoted anyway. But the fact that it sort of sealed, well, that's it then. We're going to the Premier League. And, and like you said, it was the build-up to the game. It was, just, it was just that satisfaction of shutting him up. As if to say, you know, we're top for a reason.
1: has got sent off as well, obviously, early doors, for kicking Matty Anshol. And like, it's the whole thing. But we, we, we were like, we've come here to win the league tonight and we're not going to let anything stop us. That was like the mentality of the whole group. I remember I remember got sent off. I can't someone got taken off and they brought Alan Nilsson off. And um, it was at a time where uh, you had to take your ring off and he still had his ring on. So they're trying to make him take his ring off. Um, and he panicked he couldn't get his ring off, so he's literally almost pulling his finger off to get on the pitch. <laughs> I was like I was like myself laughing, watching him. But Alan Nilsson almost, actually, like, literally yanking his finger off because he was like so desperate to get a pitch and help the team, uh, which obviously you know he finally got his ring off somehow. Uh, and then, like I say, it just it just panned out, and you know that ball was well, a bit of a mistake. Fell at dawn, he tucked it away, and yeah, and that, that was the one that it for us, really, in my mind.
0: And uh, like you said, Tigana's reaction was just like brilliant. Um... What what was it like in the dressing room afterwards?
1: Yeah, pretty euphoric to be honest. We we knew I mean it's a winning game of football is brilliant, that's what you want to do as players and there's always a buzz afterwards, but that one was a special one, you know. And also this was this was not long after the sort of cookies car crash and things like that as well. So and the tone of it and the sort of the emotions and the feeling of the whole club were, were sort of running quite high, so to achieve
0: that, leading uh, the way we did it, was, um, was very special. Yeah, I bet. Um, do you have a out match? In your whole time at the club? Um,
1: I can't think, can't think of anyone, really. I mean, we had so many brilliant games. I mean, like, arguably, when we went to Aston Villa, under Teagan, when they were top of the Premier League,
0: Oh, Hayward and Morgan.
1: And beaten two 0 in the FA Cup. Yeah, cause I remember. I was sort of like, I, I remember on the coach we're driving into the car park at Villa Park. And it's sort of like, it's Lambs to the Slaughter, you know, they're top of the Premier League. We're like two, two leagues below them. And we, I, mean, I can't remember what happened, we were laughing and joking, and we were all having a right. And the cameras come in. Like, you see us laughing. We're all really. Someone had said something, and the was, was getting some stick about something. And we are all cracked up laughing, driving in. you know, we should be nervous as you like, but we weren't. We fancied our chances. We honestly thought we could beat anyone. Um, and sure enough on that day we did, but then, you know, we, 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 beat, we beat quite a few Premier League sides during that little, that little spelling, you know, during that, when Wimbledon were Premier League, then we beat them in one of the Cups, we beat...
0: Southampton.
1: Beat, uh, I mean, Jeff Orstall rags Saul Campbell, um... At the cottage, you know, running ragged sort of when Saul was really coming to prominence as a top top player. Uh, we beat them there, beat Sir Anthony, yeah. the and, you know, we'd take on anyone. We'd take on Premier League outfits, no worries. We didn't care. We just banked our charges because uh, we knew we had good players, we knew we were organised, and the team spirit was the best I've ever seen uh, at our, our league club.
0: Where, where, where was you on the end of John Solarco's shot? At Old Trafford? Could have beaten Man United and all.
1: Exactly, yeah, yeah. Costas we told him I've that one. <laughs> there we go. Right, um,
0: right, right. If you can, off the top of your head, name your best eleven of your playing career across all your clubs and Wales.
1: No, not to chance. I've got no. Uh, I'm doing that off the top of my head now. I've got no chance. I say that that takes a lot of sport. I wouldn't want to do it because I'd end up missing so many people out and it's... I mean, like I said, I've been really lucky. I've been really lucky and played with unbelievable players. Obviously, you know, Wales have played lots of... Neville Southall, Ryan Giggs, Dean of Ian Rush, and all these sort of boys. But, so yeah, to actually pick a team, one team out of all them is... is so, so difficult. I've been... Like I say, I've been really, really lucky. Played with some great players and played against great players, but... Canal, he's put me on a spot there to pick a team. I'd have, to, I'd have to give that a bit of thought, man. I'll stop there now. Super tough a question. Ask
0: me another one. I should have, I should have prepared you for that one.
1: You got to prepare me for that one exactly.
0: Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah. I thought it'd be a lot easier than that. To be fair. No, mate. Honestly,
1: that's the thing. <laughs> like I say, just just during my time at Fulham, my three and a half years at Fulham, I'm going in mind we had, you know, when I when I sort of left, like people like Edwin van der Sar in goal and players like, hey, you know, you took your worldies. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's a toss-up then Between Edwin
0: and Neville Southall Was the best keeper I think so Well, I, I was yeah. I changed it, to be honest I was going to ask you For a combination team Of the two promotions But I thought Half the team was The same anyway So I tried to be clever And it backfired Thanks for that yeah, there you go <laughs> That was Kit Simons talking about his career at Fulham Part 1. In the second part, Kit discusses his time at the club after retirement as a scout, a coach and then of course as manager. Please follow us on Twitter for updates on when the second part will be released. But until then, my name's Danny Boyer. Thanks for listening and I hope you've enjoyed it so far.